Yeah, I've kind of started to like the format where um, we just go right through the news and then we sit down and have a chat if people have time. Because uh, the purpose with this this specific space on Wednesdays was to give everybody a quick rundown because I know spaces tend to run longer and I just always want to be mindful of everybody's time, especially during the work week. Um, so people get their quick 30 minutes of what's up with the project, what's up with the market. And then if people want to hang out and have a chat, we go through with it. So uh, it's been working pretty good so far. And it's crazy how we have something to talk about every freaking week, no matter what the market conditions are, which is always incredible. Welcome, everybody, to another incredible edition of our weekly updates. Uh, with your very own Ricky. If you remember from last week, a lot of what's happening right now is things on the legal side, which always take time because regulations and talking to lawyers, it's always fun, right? So um, so basically, I had a chat with uh, Napoleon, who's Antonio, one of the co-founders. He basically uh, indicated that he's looking pretty good in terms of, uh, if you notice, we're getting very close to the, well, at the end of the month. And we promised that we're going to have like a little launch thing where we kind of show the community uh, the website in its full potential, uh, making sure that people get to see what it does and what it looks like so we can, uh, I know, get excited in this bear market that we keep building. So that seems like it's Pretty close. Uh, he is, I'm going to give you guys alpha here. He is looking into uh, basically doing like a, a a reveal party kind of thing, like showing the community uh, the whole website. So that will be exclusive in our Discord, I think, uh, for all of our holders. Uh, we're still determining if we want to just do it for the holders or the entire community. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But we're pretty excited about that because a launch of the website uh, gets us rolling in terms of uh, moving forward in the form of phases. As you know, what we're trying to accomplish is not easy. It's never been done before. And there's not a lot of people out there that are trying to do that. So on the legal side of things, as Alex and Antonio, both of them are gaining information and learning about different legal requirements and legislative requirements with the licenses and everything and also keeping in mind that we have a very limited treasury so we have to continue to plan ahead and be very mindful of how we uh, spend our funds so they have uh, they've worked really hard uh, trying to be very creative as to gain as much information as possible by spending the least amount of funds uh, until we have something solid in terms of what we really need. Uh, so kudos to both of these guys. They, they're working incredibly hard negotiating uh, with the legal teams. They're consulting multiple legal teams. And you all know, uh, talking to lawyers isn't cheap and is, it's not like cost effective at all. But these guys are doing it. They're, they're trying their best. And again, uh, they didn't indicate if I should uh, share this, but I feel extremely proud of them for doing this. Uh, this is another thing which a lot of uh, Web3 founders should, I think, take as a word of advice and also take as a, as a form of uh, good practice. The money that you have for your project is not yours. So you have to treat it 
with utmost respect and utmost loyalty and utmost efficiency. So there's a lot of NFT projects out there that'll throw like thousands of dollars at like collabs and do all this crazy stuff. And even in the bear market, like that's not the way to go. If you promise the community something, which is the product, your efforts and time should not just your effort or time should go into that side of things, but also the monetary side of things, the money that you spend on that stuff. That also needs to align with the long-term plan. So if you say you have like, oh, look, our treasury's got like what $500,000 and then you go drop 100,000 on like a fun video, like that's not a good thing to do because if your project promised something, then each and every dollar that is in that treasury should be uh, either for the community or the project or, or a good combination of both. So uh, the reason I gave you this information is because it's easy to forget in this market when people are distracted and they're, they're just not looking into the market anymore. The reason a project like ours that did not mint that like did not mint out when it was like eth was 4000 we minted after the bear market we minted in the bear market so a lot of projects that did that are nowhere to be found and the reason we have stuck around and the reason we will be around because not only do we plan in advance but we also stay accountable to how we're spending the money and how we can get the most output with spending the least, which requires a lot of negotiation, a lot of uncomfortable conversations, but you have to do it when you don't have the money. Um, getting debt is an option, but again, being able to do things by not being in debt is the smartest thing to do, and it's the smartest way to run a business. And we have seen this in this bear market, how multi-billion dollar companies are crashing because they over leverage themselves. And, and NFT projects are, are well, not people, but NFT projects are known to do things like that. Like they'll over leverage and then there's nothing left to build out the ecosystem or anything. So uh, just be reassured, uh, <clears throat> what we're trying to do costs a lot of money. But we are here to tell you that everything we've done so far is the most cost effective in the industry. If we had some statistics around multiple projects and how they're spending their treasury and what things cost, I tell you, we'll come out on top on most of the projects because we spend like when I say we like mostly Alex Antonio are spending hours and hours of negotiation with multiple people to get what they need with the minimum cost involved because um when you know you want to last longer in the market and you want to build something incredible it takes courage and it takes a lot of difficult steps which happen behind the scenes so uh if you guys see them in the server show them love these guys are working incredibly hard on the business side of things to make sure that we're successful and i love i love the energy that these guys have it's it's amazing so uh the website's looking really good i took a look at it uh, when I met with Antonio, um, and then we're very excited to show it to the community. So get hyped about that, guys. Um, second piece, which the reason I talked about this with the costs and everything, um, as we know, we have no idea how long this bear market is going to last. So behind the scenes, we're starting to restructure a little bit of our uh, reassessing a little bit of the uh, of the gifts and uh, you think about prizes and reanalyzing 
how we can give back the most to our community and at the same time also make sure that we have the runway we need for the next well few months in order to make sure that we we can get to where we need to with the treasury that we have so we're considering multiple options uh a lot of those things involve potentially opening up the mint for a little bit uh as like a because we know with our with our trade groups there's a lot of what happens with a loyal loyalty based project like ours where the there's only 1% of the leons there's like 30 leons listed on the floor so that's crazy so if people want to join trade groups it's really they don't have that many options than to just go get, grab something from the floor so we're considering if we open up the mint uh, for a very short period of time to raise a little bit of more funds to be able to do some of the more uh, other stuff uh, with the roadmap we could do that or we could pursue the site of a little bit of uh, taking down the costs on the price side of things, but also ensuring that in the long term, the holders benefit still with a good incentive program with their engagement. So there's a lot of pieces we're looking into. But as you know, from the day that we minted, we have kept the community in the loop with every decision we make and none of the decisions were taken uh, before sharing with the community. So once we have a plan together, we will be sharing it with uh, with our holder community first and then maybe make a general announcement. So there's a lot of pieces in the motion on that aspect. So uh, please be on the lookout for that here in this week or sometime next week. Um, we are also, uh, if, if you noticed, the people that were able to re-verify their NFTs using Hoop in our Discord, they if they had a NFT with a cowboy or a pirate, they got the roles automatically. So what that technology lets us do is we're slowly moving in the direction of making a lot of these uh, our, our collaboration projects like our poker and things like that. Uh, exclusive to our holders and the partner projects. So we're looking into integrating our partner projects into our ecosystem and Discord. So if if people from partner projects want to come participate, they can verify their NFT, they get the role, and certain roles can uh, play the uh, the poker games because we are very appreciative of our incredible two communities that have uh, shown their support through this bear market. And uh, we really love our poker event and we want to continue to push it in the direction where uh, the holders uh, and loyal members of the community are able to participate and enjoy the benefits of, of being in these incredible communities. So uh, we will be working on that here shortly as well. Uh, we're just in the final stages of grabbing all the uh, all all the collection addresses from our partner projects so we should have that here shortly and we will get that all set up um with that uh that's pretty much what's going on with the project um again we'll keep you posted on everything that's going on on that side i know the head leons are looking into potential and the leaders of the trade groups are looking into potential fun events uh that the trade groups can do with not just within our trade groups and discord but also like partner projects that we have um just partner with them on fun projects so that's also on the cards um market updates so uh you might have noticed uh 
there's a little bit of a pump in the market between yesterday and today. Uh, there's two things that could have led to that. Again, I am not a soothsayer or anything. I can't tell the future, but what I can tell you is it was led by a big piece of news potentially, and also Jerome Powell, who's the chair of the Fed. And if you've listened to any of my past updates, I do talk about the Fed because the Fed has a big impact on where the market heads. Uh, because right now, crypto technically falls under risk assets. So basically, like a subset of like the stocks, you can think of it like you can compare it to uh, the tech stocks, basically how it reacts until we decouple and become our own asset class and we start functioning differently. Things are going to work like that in the market because at the end of the day, the market perception is what's important, how the market looks at the asset class. So Bitcoin, Ethereum, all of this is just risk assets to people, even though the value proposition is different. Like it is like a long term hodl thing, right? You want to if you want to store your value and wealth, you want to do it in Bitcoin. But the market doesn't look at it like that because, yeah, Bitcoin drops 60, 70 percent easily over a year or less sometimes. So, yeah, uh, that happens. So. Uh, Based on some comments that have come out with Jerome Powell, it seems like the Fed is going to slow down or not really stop, but slow down the interest rate hikes. So what does that mean? That means that we have had 0.75% increase, interest rate increases for the past few months. But from some of the comments, it seems like in December, they're going to drop it down to 0.5. So it's a good news and bad news. Good news that they're reducing the rate of uh, the interest rates. So that's good news. So that means there's going to be uh, less impact on the market in terms of how much cash is taken out from the market. So like the more interest go up, the difficult it becomes for people to invest because everything becomes more expensive. Uh, with higher inflation anyway, most people don't have the money to invest. So it's just bad for the market. But every time interest rates go down or get closer to 2%, what they're trying to do. But right now, interest rates are pretty much at, well, interest I confuse it. No, interest. I was talking about inflation then. So inflation is high. So that's at 7.7% as of last month. But our interest rates have never been this high that they're right now. I think the closest we got to this was 20 years ago. And that was uh, that didn't last for too long. So for interest rates right now are close to like 4% right now, which is pretty high. So when interest rates are high, it's harder to borrow money. That means less people are investing. Companies are putting in less money into into the markets or rebuying their stocks. Um, so it's just bad for the market. So when interest rates go down or the rate of interest rate increase goes down, which is happening right now, it's a little bit better for the market. It's not going to do an overnight like Bitcoin's not going to go back to $70,000. That's not going to happen. But what is going to happen is it is going to bring back a little bit of like relief relief pumps, what we call them in a bear market. Bear markets are not always like going down all the time. Like there's rallies within a bear market. The market could generally go down, but then there could be a little bit of relief rally, what we've seen so far. And we could see more if the interest rates keep getting going down. And if inflation comes down too, that would be perfect. That would be like a two-in-one Christmas present. But that's going to take a little bit more time because um, inflation is something that takes more than a few months to come down from where it is. It's at 7.7 .7 and their goal is to bring it down to 2%. So 
how I see it, it's probably going to take at least a year and a half. But if they're very successful in doing it, they could bring it down fast. But again, it's like a, it's like landing an airplane. If you do it too fast, you could break the, you could break the plane. But if you do it too late, you could run out of fuel and crash. So it's a very difficult job that the Fed has to balance these two aspects. And then what they call a soft landing, which is, again, the airplane analogy, is if the economy can survive this change of having high interest rates and having high inflation and slowly bring the interest rates down and slowly bring the inflation down at the same time without destroying the economy. And destroying the economy means going into deflation, which is the opposite of inflation. Well, this is basically economic, <laughs> I geeked out about economics there for a little bit, but it is important for you to know that these are things you need to be looking into. If you want to learn something in this bear market, yes, it's good to learn about Web3, but look into macroeconomics. And some of the best resources out there, just I follow this YouTube channel called uh, uh, Real Vision. It's run by Raul Paul, who used to be a macroeconomist. They bring really smart people up there. Uh, they talk about the markets from a macroeconomics perspective. Why is it important? Because it helps you see things from a larger perspective. Because in crypto and Web3, we have this problem where we only look at Web3 and crypto from, from the inside perspective. But sometimes you have to step out of it to understand the market cycles and how things work. So that, that's kind of why I shared that. So if you see the market pump a little bit, is because of those two pieces of news. Um, the other piece of news, if you notice BlockFi, which was being protected, well, not protected, SBF's uh, FTX company invested in BlockFi to protect them from bankruptcy. But if you know, well, you should know by now, FTX is filing for bankruptcy itself. So everybody that it said is going to support them, they're also filing for bankruptcy. So BlockFi is filing for bankruptcy. And they went ahead and sued SBF back to get a hold of some of the $575 million stake that he has in Robinhood. So why is BlockFi doing this? Because it's a complicated thing between BlockFi and FTX, but clearly uh, wrong was done. Some assets were taken. BlockFi had some seizures. So I think like BlockFi had about $175 million worth of crypto frozen in FTX after that whole deal. So they got screwed. So they're trying to get some money back because if you remember, the SEC uh, basically filed a lawsuit against uh, BlockFi and they settled for a $100 million fine and BlockFi already struggling. Um, and some of the lawyers are saying that the SEC is going to get paid before any of the other people that lost money in BlockFi are going to get paid. Um, as you all know, my personal opinions are my own opinions. They do not represent Medellin Society's opinions, but I do not like the SEC. And uh, Elon Musk kind of sides with me. He said it on public TV that he doesn't respect the SEC uh, because SEC is an organization that's mission is to protect and uh, protect the investors, the retail investors, people like you and me that invest in these companies. Well, then why is the SEC getting paid with the money that should be going to the investors? So is it just me or this is conflict of interest? But 
again, they can do whatever they want because they're a government entity and uh, they're here to protect us. So I don't know what kind of protection it is when they get paid $100 million and people that lost their day-to-day li -day living are going to get paid nothing. So that's the BlockFi sues SBF news piece. That's the only piece of negative news that I've got for you today. So that's great, right? Only one piece of bad news. Um, the big news, other big news that's uh, that's been making its round is Solana's top wallet, Phantom. So if you've used Phantom at all, I have used it. It's okay. It's It has its quirks. And maybe the quirks were that Solana blockchain sometimes goes unresponsive. The wallet itself is okay. So uh, Phantom Wallet is eyeing expansion to the Ethereum and Polygon ecosystem. So they're currently only supporting Solana chain. And they're trying to expand outside of Solana into Ethereum and Polygon. Why are they doing this? Could be multiple reasons. One of the main reasons could be Solana's having a horrible time right now with the whole FTX debacle and people worrying about Solana's longevity and everything. But another thing could be wallets like to gain more adoption. So in order to get more adoption, you need to reach out to more chains. So that's why probably they're doing that. So Phantom Wallet eyeing the Solana, after the Solana ecosystem, eyeing the Ethereum and Polygon ecosystem. So keep an eye out, try them out, see what it is. Uh, they should be coming out with this here in the next few months. So when it's out, I'll let you guys know. Uh, I'll probably give it a try, see what it's like. Um, the next big piece of news, and this is one of the reasons why probably the market pumped, but again, I'm not sure because there have been some big pieces of news I've shared in the past few weeks uh, and months, actually, uh, but the market didn't do much, so can't really tell. But Brazil's Chamber of Deputies, um, it's basically Brazil's SEC, uh, they passed a bill unanimously to allow crypto for payments within the country. Um, so this is a big piece of news that ha this headline sounds great. Like, cool, Brazil is going to use crypto. Government's going to allow crypto. There's some, there's good and bad. Well, not good and bad. There's more, there's more to the news than people are looking at. So everybody's just looking at the headlines and getting excited. No, the government of Brazil hasn't given crypto the green light yet. The, their chamber of deputies, or the, their legal entity, the over, the organization that oversees their stock market and all these other asset classes. Yes, they voted for this, but there were a few iterations that needed to happen before this passed. And in order for this to become regulation and become a, a law, it needs to pass through Congress. So that is still to happen. So that hasn't happened yet. So all the news media pieces, they were all on about it. Everybody was excited like, yay, Brazil has made crypto legal. No, crypto is not legal. It is not a legal tender. Bitcoin is not a legal tender in Brazil. Let me clear the air on this. Because problem with this market is people get overexcited and over depressed. There's no like balance. So I'm here to bring you balance when everybody's either super bullish or super bearish. I'm the guy who brings you real news, brings you real updates, what's happening behind the scenes and what's behind the headlines. So two things to remember, no crypto or any crypto specifically, no crypto is a legal tender in Brazil. Yes, their deputy, uh, the chamber of deputies, 
did pass the bill to make crypto as a way of payments within the country. Yes, it opens the doors for banks within Brazil to use crypto for payments and allow banks to custody crypto for their customers. This is all true. This is all something that can happen. We still need to wait for the Congress to pass the law. And when it gets voted on, that's when it gets decided. So when it gets brought to Congress, what could happen, they could make a few changes to the bill or they could add or remove a few things which they agree or disagree with. So uh, you governments do not like to lose control. So there will be potentially uh, a lot of discussion about this bill. So good news, it did pass the first hurdle, which is great. And Brazil is a big remittance country. A lot of people either go work in Brazil or leave Brazil to send money back. So cross-border payments is a huge, huge, huge industry. And there's a lot of people that are unbanked in Brazil. So crypto adoption would be incredible for Brazil. So this is great news. Nonetheless, this is great news, but I just wanted to clear the air. So if you guys get swayed by the headlines, you know the facts. Another big piece of news, and this, again, not a lot of people are talking about it. I don't know why, uh, but Animoca Brands, which has been investing in NFTs and gaming, uh, in NFTs like Play to Earn and stuff, um, they have invested in the past. They've created a few funds in the past, but this is exciting. They announced that they're working on launching a $2 billion fund. And get this, this is very specific. They're eyeing the digital property rights market. So there's a $2 billion fund that Animoca Brands is working on in this bear market where everybody is selling their coins and leaving crypto to focus on digital property rights. And here's my thing. People focus too much on buying an NFT or buying a, buying a crypto token and calling it investing. Nothing wrong in that. Absolutely do it if there's a token you believe in, if there's a project you believe in. Absolutely do that. But another way to invest in this industry is investing in infrastructure. So this $2 billion that is being raised is going to be a mix of, I think it's going to be a mix of projects and a mix of companies which are providing infrastructure to facilitate these things like what Web3 was supposed to be. It's like people to be able to own their identities, own their artwork, own their legal documents, own anything digitally that they own physically. Like there's so many use cases of crypto. Um, so it's important to know that there's not just either buy a token or NFT. There's other ways to invest in the industry. So uh, this $2 billion fund is going to do that. So what does funding do? If they're able to raise $2 billion, that means somebody out there believes that this is a solution to a problem. And I've said this to you multiple times. Problems that Web3 blockchain can solve are problems that we have tried to solve for so long that I can't even remember. Digital ownership is the biggest problem on the internet right now. We're so used to renting things from people. Hey, you want to listen to music? Rent it from Spotify. Pay us $10, we'll give you access to everything. What happens when you stop paying that $10? You lose everything, even the songs you downloaded. What kind of business is that? If I downloaded a song and I paid you for it, I should be able to have it if I don't pay you subscription. 
So it's it's a very it, it's a way to bring ownership back to people and bring bring communities together again from a very broken world. So this makes a lot of sense. So I'm I'm pretty excited to see what they do with this fund. And again, this is during the bear market. Raising two billion dollars during a bear market. It's insane. I I love when things like this happen. Um near protocol so if you know near is another blockchain that is claiming that it can take over but they can it's better than ethereum it's doing so many transactions per second i think they claim hundred thousand uh to one million a second uh but they're yet to prove it they haven't hit that threshold yet i think they've gotten to ten thousand a second well, it's still pretty good but they have a lot of room to cover so as you know, all these major chains like Ethereum has the Ethereum Foundation, Cardano has the Cardano Foundation, uh, Near has a Near Foundation, and Near Foundation has joined the processed food giant in Latin America called Grupo. So Grupo can you can kind of compare them to Tyson Foods in the U.S. Like I don't know how big Tyson Foods is, but I think it's pretty big. Uh, so in the processed food industry in the Latin Americans. Americas, um, they are going to launch a Web3 based loyalty program for its customers. So, you know how, like, if you go to a pizza place, you have like a points card. A Starbucks has the Starbucks points, stuff like that. So, they're trying to do that for this processed food giant. And if you want to know how big this processed food giant is and why I'm calling them giant, uh, their 2020 revenue was $3 billion. So, that's how big they are. So for hooray for near protocol, uh, this seems amazing. It'll be cool to see how this works. It seems like they're in the pilot stage of things. It's too early to say how this is going to look like, but it's great that it's a Web3 based loyalty program. So what did that mean? That means that people can own their ID, their membership ID and everything they have in it. The points are theirs. They're not using like a third party that if the app closes, they lose everything. So, um, that's exciting. I'm pretty excited. They did say their spokesperson did say that they are aiming to reach a million customers across the Latin American region um, here soon. So they didn't specify a date for it, but that's their goal. So that will mean a million more people in Web3. Exciting. Really cool. I really hope this works out well for them. And uh, I think all loyalty programs eventually will be on the blockchain uh, because it makes too much sense. It makes obvious sense. So um, another big piece of news between the war and everything in Ukraine and Russia, the Ukraine central bank is uh, was spotted putting out a press release saying that they're looking into Central bank, uh, central bank digital currencies, CDBCs, uh, for faster settlements domestically and cross-border remittances. So knowing that crypto can help with both of those things, Ukraine is looking into their own CDBC. Is it going to be a private one? Is it going to be issued by the government? Who knows? Nobody knows. So uh, it's good to know that their governments are thinking about this stuff. And for everybody that thinks that CDBCs are never going to happen, uh, I can remember there's a website that shows you a heat map of every country that has either talked about a CDBC or actually piloting a CDBC. And you would be surprised how many countries already are piloting their CDBCs. So it's not about if, it's about when.
So give it about five more years and most major countries would have their own digital currencies. Um, and there'll be good examples of those and there'll be bad examples of those. And when I say good or bad examples, good examples would be that it that it's for the people and not for the not for the reason of controlling people's finances and telling who can use it or who can't which is more like a china model uh or it's about freedom it's about people that weren't able to bank themselves in the past now actually having a digital wallet where they can store their money and not need a bank account and still be able to own their information and not seek permissions from a third party to be able to send money to someone else, which is their own money. So that would be, in my opinion, a sign of success. So we'll have to see which country does what. Uh, but keep it on the CDBC track. The last piece of news I had was the... Um, so India is one of the largest growing digital economies in the world. We all know that. What we didn't know, and I should feel bad because I missed out on this news, knowing that I have connections in India. Um, so their pilot, they're they're starting. It's their retail CDBC pilot in four cities and with four major banks tomorrow. Um, so talk about digitization. So India is already starting its pilot um, in four major cities and four major banks tomorrow. So we'll have to see how this turns out. Maybe they'll release a report in the few months. How it turns out, I'll try to read up more on it and see what the details are of the CDBC. Uh, and I'm assuming with retail, they mean average people like you and me using this token rather than companies. So that'll be exciting to see how this works out. They, uh, they said that the main purpose of this is to see uh, what benefits it brings against the traditional banking system and what are some of the hurdles they're going to face when they try to launch it at scale because, well, India is the second largest uh, populated country in the world so the infrastructure required to make this work would be would be incredible so this this just uh, it's just exciting i am looking forward to it and see what turns out i know i personally don't like cdbcs because i don't trust governments in general because what covid and the war and inflation and the craziness is taught me is Governments are ir irresponsible. They don't know how to handle money. They clearly don't have people's interest in mind. And it, everything's about control. So within this, we have crypto. And that's why a lot of people are, are going into crypto because institutions have failed us. And, and there's time these institutions prove themselves that they actually do care and they can do right, which again, it's a, it's a pipe dream, but I'm an optimist. I never give up. So... I'm still giving them a chance to prove themselves right and me wrong. So I'm still waiting on some of these pilots to finish so we can see the reports and see what they're trying to do with those. Because um, otherwise, I'm. it's easy to um, look at all the facts and say, hey, this is, this is not good, right? Um, so that's pretty much the updates on the project and the market side of things. Mm -hmm.